Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for August 25th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, for the United States of America as our guide. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. You also must know we believe the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips? Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Normally a recap of yesterday's broadcast would be in order, but we've got an important guest, so we'll do the recap of yesterday's show later. Her name is Charlotte Cuthbertson, and she's a senior reporter for the EpicTimes.com. She wrote an incredible article on the border called the New Wild West, Texas border counties, desperate bid to curb illegal, I repeat, illegal immigration. Charlotte, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Thank you, Sam. It's good to be here. Give us a 30-second on you and how you uh, got with the Epic Times first, if you don't mind. Well, originally from New Zealand, and uh, I got an opportunity to come and work for the Epoch Times in New York uh, full-time in 2009, so I did that, and I'm now a proud American citizen living on the border in Texas. Well, we love it, and we appreciate it. Speaking of the border on Texas, sadly, it's become the Wild West under the Biden administration, huh? That's right. It is pretty wild down here. So let's talk a little bit about how you got so uh, involved in the border discussions uh, and how you wrote this article, which chronicles counties and sheriffs that are struggling mightily. How did you get involved in the border crisis? Well, I uh, knew that things were going to kick off at the border this year, so I figured I should just come down and and be close and um, just really see what's happening on the ground level. And it's certainly been eye-opening, even though I've been following the border for quite a quite a few years. Um, it's the 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 most common word I hear is unprecedented from law enforcement, from residents, from ranchers. Um, it's very different from anything that anyone has seen before. Um, the, the, the ranchers, you know, they've been around there on their ranches for 25 years. They will not go anywhere without being armed now. A rancher's wife, you know, she won't answer the door without a gun in her hand. Um, they're all setting up security systems around their properties, talking about building fences around their properties. It, it's really different from before. Now, let's talk about that different from before, because both parties in the past have kind of said, hey, you know what? We do need to manage the border. We do need to realize that illegal uh, is not the same as legal immigration. This is not a racial discussion. It's an illegal activity discussion. Both sides of the aisle used to kind of have that general view. Even Clinton and others are on record of saying, hey, we've got to protect our borders, et cetera, et cetera. But something has changed. When and how? 
all of the ranchers that I've talked to, even Border Patrol and law enforcement, um, it used to be that most of the illegal immigrants coming through were Mexicans looking for work. They would never approach, never usually approach a house. Uh, they wouldn't destroy property. They would just ask for water and carry on or work for a few days and carry on. It's very different now. It's a different population coming through. Um, they're very demanding. They've handed lists of demands to homeowners. They break into homes, steal vehicles. Um, they're intentionally destroying property. Um, they're, they're very, it's a very different population. And so the ranchers are extremely frustrated um, because it's, they're fixing, they're spending five hours a day fixing fences, uh, whereas in the past they would never have to do that. Um, that's just one aspect of it. Um, and then so, is it just aspect. different people from different countries, or have we sent a different message, bringing a different crowd? What's happened? Uh, it's probably a little bit of both. I think um, the illegal immigrants are very bold now. Um, because there's very limited consequences on them. Uh, I was at a train inspection place uh, in Uvalde, Texas, about 50 miles off the border. The train goes from the border to San Antonio, and there's a lot of illegal aliens jump on that train, and, and it's a freight train. And um, Border Patrol pulled off 20, I think, uh, Mexicans and Hondurans, and eight of them, the same Border Patrol agent had pulled eight of them off the train the day before in the same place. So they had just been put back over into Mexico and they were trying again. And so that's that's a very common scenario. Um, people are catching the same people over and over and they just keep trying until they get through. Um, so they don't, it's a, just a different mindset now. Now, it used to be the federal government and the states were kind of partners in, uh, you know, protecting uh, Americans and Americans' property uh, on the border. But now there's a sea change there as well, where local sheriffs and local uh, leaders and even state governors are starting to say, look, we are receiving zero help. In fact, almost hostility and open contradiction from the general government, right? Right. Most people, most people around here don't really talk about the federal government anymore. They know that that's not where the solutions are going to be coming from. So in Texas, um, a lot of people are looking to the governor um, to do more. And then on the county level, uh, county leaderships are sort of sitting up and saying, OK, well, we've just got to throw everything we can at it because we're not getting what we need to secure our county. Um, the other concerning thing actually uh, coming up is um, hunting season is huge down here uh, starting October. So you're going to have uh, hundreds of hunters with high-powered rifles out on these remote ranches in areas that are normally not uh, traversed. So that adds a whole other element into this mix, which is very concerning for a lot of ranchers. Which is, no one may mean harm on either side, but what you're going to have is a bunch of illegals that are getting more and more kind of in your face, hostile, uh, meeting up with innocent hunters going, whoa, and uh, what's going to happen either uh, accidentally and or on purpose, right? Right, exactly, yeah. 
How much do the drug cartels fall into this? Because they've always been kind of a problem, but they've always been on the fringe. Now they're becoming more and more and more flexing their muscle. Some are even saying the cartels have more power than the military these days. How does that fit into it? It seems to be. Um, you know, every every time illegal immigration is allowed to happen more and more, that just basically feeds the cartels with more money and more power. And a lot of these illegal aliens that are coming in, they, they are indentured to the cartels because they've had to pay them um, or owe them money, thousands of dollars, which they're now somewhere in the United States and they have that debt. So they can be potentially coerced into becoming agents of the cartels in, in whatever way the cartel needs to use them to pay off that debt. Um, there are a lot of cartels getting a lot stronger in the United States right now because of this issue. All right. The local people realize the general government's not going to be very helpful. In fact, they've almost got a hostile, brazen attitude denying reality, saying there's not really even a problem on the border. Um, but the New Wild West is Charlotte's column on Epic, theepictimes.com. Texas border counties desperate to curb illegal, and I repeat, illegal immigration. Uh, what do people say are the solutions then? If we can't count on the general government to help, and if, if local law enforcement and sheriffs and, and county people are struggling county by county, what are the solutions being proposed that you think have an opportunity to make a difference, Charlotte? Well, there's a few different things flying around. Um, the Uvalde mayor is ready to call in the state militia. He wants to shut down Highway 90, which is a huge um, commercial corridor from Mexico up to um, San Antonio. Um, I, I mean, these leaders are kind of getting desperate. Um, there's the Kinney County, uh, which shares 16 miles of border there, discussing bringing in security contractors who have worked in Iraq and Afghanistan to help um, augment their law enforcement. So they're kind of throwing everything they can at it to, to see what's going to work and, and what can sort of slow things down coming through their county. And when you talk about Kenny County, it's only 16 miles of border. But the interesting thing is, uh, now that these cartels and, and, and these uh, immigrants are coming, uh, have more violent, uh, more hostile intentions, they're literally fighting these portions of the border as small as they may be, but they're way, way, way out of the normal, um, I don't know what you call it, trafficking lanes, if you will. They're starting to move more and more and more to not get caught, uh, and, and they're further out uh, in the country and further out in places no one expected, really, right? Right, exactly. And also, Kenny County is a, a large thoroughfare for um, for people that are walking through to uh, get... They usually try and get around the Border Patrol checkpoint, which is about 60 miles off the border in Uvalde. Uh, so they, they need Kenny County to get around that. Um, they are either getting smuggled in vehicles or they're walking through ranches. I get sent a lot of um, trail cam photos, and it's just um, 98% young single males with packs on, um, traipsing through the ranches every day. Charlotte Cuthbertson, ladies and gentlemen, senior editor, theepictimes.com. Thank you for your incredible article and your work on the border. Keep us up to date, will you please? Thanks, Sam. There she goes, from New Zealand to America, standing up for the land of the free, theepictimes.com. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
parent. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, what an update from the Epic Times senior reporter, Charlotte Cuthbertson, doing a great job. Her article, you can find it at theepictimes.com. The New Wild West, Texas border counties, desperate bid to curb illegal immigration. What a great article, highlighting the reality checks that we're facing there. Uh, and the concerns on the border, she quotes different sheriffs, different law enforcement people, different border patrol people. She mentions the governor. She mentions that the crowd coming through to America now, by hook or by crook, if you will, they're not the gentle kind that are avoiding conflict or avoiding uh, confronting homeowners and property owners and ranchers, etc. These people are in your face. They'll destroy property. They'll steal things. They'll cause all kinds of mischief. Uh, to say the least. And you know what? If that's the attitude they have while they're waltzing into our country, just think of the attitude they have when they take root and start making money here and start doing things here that give them more power, more property, more authority, more um, what do you, whatever you want to say, acclimated to uh, the United States. It's going to get rough, folks. Why is a different crowd coming? For a variety of reasons. One, the federal government or the general government has simply claimed there's no border crisis. Come on in, baby. Take your coat off. And the states are concerned, saying, whoa, wait a minute, this is illegal. We don't want this. This is violent. We don't want this. This is unsafe. This is... Uh, and so the administration, the general government, flat out at odds with your states and counties now on this issue. States and counties are on the border and other places now are getting desperate, saying this is a serious crisis, while the Biden administration just simply going, there's no problem down there. What are you talking about? It's all good. We love everybody. Come on in. Take your coat off and you know sign up for any government services you want kind of an attitude 
Uh, and in the the general government is even signaling to the illegals, hey, ignore the states and the counties. They don't know what they're talking about. We'll take care of you. Even if you get rejected at the border, the message underground, if you will, from government to illegals is try again. Come on back. We'll help you. Don't worry about it. I, I know there's goopy people standing in the way, but ignore them. Don't mind them. Come on in. And this message is disaster. Anyway, Charlotte doing a great job highlighting what's going on at the border. Keep an eye on theepictimes.com. If you want to keep an eye on what's really happening on the border, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. All right, a recap of yesterday's broadcast. We had our guest on, Mr. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. I should say yesterday's broadcast was a rebroadcast. It was really Monday's broadcast. And I'm going to tell you why we had a rebroadcast yesterday as well. It's not that I'm sick. No, 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 far from. I'm doing a much, much better every day thanks to ivermectin and docicycline. No matter what the government tells you, that's what literally got me off oxygen and got me back in the game where my lungs could start working again. So don't let them tell you lies that it doesn't work. It does work, ladies and gentlemen. I am living proof. I was down for 20-plus days. Literally within hours of getting ivermectin and docicycline, I'm coming back. Got off oxygen. It's been improving ever since it's slow i'm still weak but you know what i am a covid19 go to the hospital twice survivor and i'm telling you right now that ivermectin and docicycline are the two great keys uh, to success you got to have zinc in increased levels you got to have vitamin c in increased levels vitamin d in increased levels in addition there too to aid in recovery but i'm telling you the solutions are not in your vaccines the solutions are not in your ventilators. The solutions are not in all that they've been pushing for. There are solutions, but they literally are mocking, ridiculing, and downplaying any real solutions. I digress. So Monday's broadcast, we were with Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. And we talked about Canada now adding Bell's palsy, warning to the Pfizer COVID shot. So now Bell's palsy, one of the side effects, they finally admit a year and a half later. Bell's palsy oftentimes is a repercussion or outgrowth of or a downstream symptom of COVID itself even. And that's why when I got Bell's palsy in 2020, I believe it came from COVID. And so you say, well, Sam, how'd you get COVID again? You know what? If it morphs enough for the vaccine, won't cover the Delta variant near as well. You know, it's possible to get COVID more than once, different kinds. They have certainly different characteristics, but I personally believe that I had both. The problem is that when you test, they can't even tell you which one you have. I don't know if you know that. Labs can test and find out, but the average test that you get does not know and can't tell the difference. Just so you know. But Canada adding Bell's palsy warning. Why isn't that in the United States? You got to wonder. In a December twenty, December 22nd, 2020 article, ladies and gentlemen, In the Vaccine Reaction newsletter, Barbara Lowe Fisher, co-founder and president of the National Vaccine Information Center, highlighted that the government knew that, listen, they knew that Bell's palsy was a problem here. Okay, they knew that they had it under emergency use authorization, and they recommended that they admit and that they highlight that this, um, you know, was a problem. All right. Bell's palsy was a, a noted, what it, but not, never came to the American people. Why? Even though they knew about it, as Barbara Lowe Fisher's point, and she's right as rain. We also talked about the Health Freedom Symposium, an event coming up in Utah. Health Freedom Symposium 2021. It's going to be Friday and Saturday, September 10th and 11th. 
yourhealthfreedom.org if you want to learn more about that incredible event. And hopefully we'll be getting on some guests and covering that in more detail. Utah becoming a destination for Liberty Conferences. That's good news as well. We also talked about Liberty Conference 2021. It's Friday and Saturday, but it's October 22nd and 23rd. It's going to be at the Salt Palace in Utah, a huge event. WeCanAct.net is the website to learn more. WeCanAct.net. If you use the promo code LOWELL, L-O-W-E-L-L, you'll get a discount as well. Anyway, I'm going to be talking to some people after the show today and see how closely we can be involved in promoting the Liberty Conference 2021 in the Salt Palace in Utah in October. We'll keep you posted on that. We also talked about Kabul has fallen. But don't blame Biden. That's a column written by Ron Paul. Unless there's a major purge of those who lied and misled us, these disasters will continue until the last U.S. dollar goes up in smoke. American citizens also must share some blame in this, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? We have some blame. Until Americans rise up and demand a pro-America and a less um, interventionist policy, we got to have a non-interventionist policy, ladies and gentlemen. And if Americans don't demand that, we're in serious trouble. But if Americans will stand up and continue to demand no foreign interventions, but otherwise we're going to continue to get fleeced by war profiteers. That's how it is. Ron Paul, dead on on this discussion, ladies and gentlemen. Thomas Jefferson's blueprint for dealing with the national debt. How? Reduce spending, he said, back in the day. And that rings true today, I might add. We also talked about Biden's other unwinnable war. Jeffrey A. Tucker with the column. Doing a great job. That was hour one of Liberty Roundtable Live on Monday. Hour two kicked off with Dr. Scott Bradley co-hosting the show. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website. To Preserve the Nation, his collegiate series, book series, training series, video series, and more, as well as his lifelong goal to preserve the nation. They targeted him and took down well over a 1,000 of his videos, so be patient. But FreedomsRisingSun.com is where he's trying to rebuild on a different platform, so our prayers are with him on that. But we talked about the U.S. Food and Drug Administration granted full approval to the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine for people 16 years of age and older. This is the first coronavirus serum approved by the FDA, and it's expected to open up more mandates as a result of the approval. Now, they call it a vaccine, but it's not a vaccine, ladies and gentlemen. It's an experimental That's right. An experimental bioagent being used is not a traditional vaccine at all. It doesn't work like former vaccines work. They're playing games with the terms so that they are allowed to distribute it. But the reality is they're lying on the terms because there is no law and there is no authorization to have um, experimental weaponized biomedicine or whatever you want to call it, um, manipulative to your genes um it's a protocol that has really no laws surrounding it and therefore they couldn't implement it the way it was so they had to call it a vaccine beware of that ladies and gentlemen 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, when you think about the FDA giving full approval to the COVID-19 vaccines, listen, I know they're not vaccines, but listen up. No public hearing, no transparency, no open review of vaccine data. Because when you start to do the open review, they never even had a control group on this thing, folks. It is a disaster. We also talked about Jesse Jackson hospitalized with COVID-19 after being fully vaccinated. Breakthrough realities are becoming more and more common, if you will. Liberty Roundtable Live continues on your favorite talk station. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. As the open border policy of the Biden administration threatens America's sovereignty, the Supreme Court of the United States stepped in Tuesday, demanding the Biden administration reinstate President Trump's remain in Mexico policy. The court voted 6-3 to three to reject Biden's desire to block reinstatement. Democrats criticized the MPP program in which migrants were often forced to live in dangerous conditions south of the Mexico border. President Biden said Tuesday that over 70,000 people had been evacuated since the airlifts began on August 14th and that the United States and its allies were on pace to pull out of Afghanistan by the deadline. It should be noted a number of Americans remain behind Taliban lines and could become hostages if not extracted by the 31 August deadline. The House of Representatives voted Tuesday to advance key parts of President Biden's multi-trillion dollar social spending agenda. It was a partisan vote, 220 to 212. USA Radio News. Nielsen says more than 30 million Americans are now tuning in to Newsmax TV. It's one of the biggest media stories. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, and more. Just go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, or TiVo. And 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it on your phone, and there's no paywall or subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. President Trump says Newsmax is really good, and Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people. The Rolling Stones have lost their drummer since January of 1963. Ken Rocky from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports. The man whose beats power the music of the Rolling Stones has died. Charlie Watts, drummer of the group since 1963, died Tuesday in a London hospital surrounded by his family, according to a statement from his spokesperson. Watts' playing style was a blend of jazz, swing, and R&B that powered the Rolling Stones' blues-infused rock. Watts played on every Stones album and was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the group in 1989. Charlie Watts was 80. In 2014, with much controversy, Facebook dumped Messenger and turned it into its own application. Now, seven years later, the company is reversing that action. Facebook says it started thinking of Messenger as a service rather than an application. Facebook has already integrated Messenger into Instagram direct messaging. Current plans are to only test the changes with a small number of users in several countries, including the United States. 
We are USA Radio News. Live and on your radio, I am Sam Bushman. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. We're talking about the recap of Monday's broadcast. Why I wasn't live Tuesday, you'll find out. Hang tight now. Do we need the new Nuremberg trials of 2021? I think the answer is yes. We got war criminals literally forcing folks to take experimental serum into their body by force, ladies and gentlemen. They say that it's approved, safe, and effective, but you know what? The truth is they didn't even have control groups uh, in their study because they manipulated the results, ladies and gentlemen. So even the uh, early studies on these, quote, experimental vaccines have been tainted. We don't have real studies, real control groups like we're supposed to have done. They lied and they manipulated this way all the way through. Go study. If you don't believe me, you'll find out the truth. We also wrapped up the Monday broadcast by talking about Greta Thunberg, this teenage environmentalist gal uh, that's autistic, that's been running around the globe uh, telling everybody how horrible the adults have been. We've been irresponsible with the planet. Now Greta Thunberg, quote, Biden admin, not ready to act as seriously as we need to on climate crisis. So you've literally got a 16-year-old foreigner literally openly criticizing political leaders in the United States and openly criticizing the adult population in the United States brought here to do so in a public forum by the media and the United Nations. What a shame that is, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, there you have that. And that's a recap of the broadcast that took place on Monday. You say, Sam, why weren't you here on Tuesday then? What's up? Are you sick again? No, 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 no. Believe it or not, we launched a new show. That's right. So there's a group called Brighteon TV. B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N dot TV. Brighteon dot TV. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. If you haven't, it's time you do. The TV organization is owned by Mike Adams. All right, known as the Health Ranger, Mike Adams, right? You've heard of this guy for sure. And Alan Keyes, who I'm sure you've heard of as well. Anyway, they put together this Brighteon TV network. It's phenomenal. It's going to take on, uh, you know, YouTube and everything else. Incredible video platform. Anyway, these um, Brighteon TV people launched on um, Tuesday, the 24th, the first inaugural day of their live streaming Monday through Friday, like all day long live streaming with a bunch of different talk uh, talk shows or TV shows. Uh, they do an incredible job. Uh, anyway, here's the reason that I bring this all up is that they came to me and said, Sam, do you want to do a TV show? They came to me and uh, Richard Mack and said, Richard Mack, do you want to do a TV show? And we couldn't really add, at least I can't, add six hours of radio. I'm sorry, two hours of radio, six days a week. So 12 hours of radio that I already do. Plus my day job where I make a living for my family, plus, you know, my eight children and grandchildren and all that I do. I talked to my wife and we just felt like I cannot take on a whole nother thing. Just can't do it too much. So I went back to Bright on TV and said, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. I would love to be part of what you're doing, but I just can't manage a show right now, especially coming out of recovering from the COVID, right? Um, but Richard Mack wanted to do a show, and so he decided to do one. And the time slot they gave him is on Tuesdays. Second hour of Liberty Roundtable Live. And so at first you go, there's a conflict, right? Maybe. 
So Richard, first thing he did was come to me when they asked him to do a show and said, Sam, I'd like to do a show, but I need your help. I want you to kind of be involved in it and uh, kind of co-host it, and et cetera. And so I said, well, I can probably make that work. If I'm not primarily the anchor responsible for the show, uh, if I'm there just to support. And, but then I had to say, okay, well, how am I going to work this out then? What about the second hour of my radio show? It's a conflict. But I came up with this grand idea, folks. That what if I could set up a simulcast of TV and radio for the second hour on Tuesdays? So the second hour of Liberty Roundtable Live on Tuesdays going forward will be the simulcast with the Sheriff Mac show on Bridie on TV. Yeah, man, we got this going on. So anyway, the point is that I couldn't simulcast it without getting experience of how their system worked and what their clock are and timing is and all that kind of stuff. I have to work through that a little bit. So last Tuesday, yesterday or whatever, I was not live on Liberty Roundtable. We played, played a rebroadcast of a previous show. In the meantime, I was on Brighty on TV with Richard Mack. Great first show, by the way. And uh, then next week, I'll probably do a refeed again, give it one more week and figure out how to make this work. But the goal is going to be to where uh, the second hour on Tuesdays will be the TV show, but simulcast on the radio. So it might be a slightly different format for the second hour. It's a little bit weird to do. But it's pretty cool to say that Liberty Roundtable Live is partnering with the Richard Mack Show on Bright Young TV. And I'm on with Richard Mack, and we simulcast both. So that's what we're working on doing. I think it's an epic increase in our coverage. Our partnership with Bright Young TV, live and well, and we're grateful to them. A big shout-out goes to their launch. And uh, I'm just telling you that it's very cool. So there you have it, the Sheriff Mack Show. On Brideon TV. We're going to work on simulcasting that bad boy. And it's going to be pretty neat. So give us a little bit of time. Exhibit a little bit of patience with us while we work out the technical details. Um, the other thing is that Brideon TV, for example, starts at zero. We start at five after. So we got to work that out. Uh, Brideon TV ends their shows at about 50 after the hour. Well, Liberty Roundtable Live goes to the end of the hour. How are we going to work that out? So, like I say, there's a few things to work out, but I think we can just join Brighty on TV in progress. Uh, I think we can um, just basically continue and finish the hour after Brighty on TV jumps off. So there's going to be a little bit of logistics, and I've got, uh, obviously, Cameron and me and Jay and several people, you know, the network working on this. The best part of it all, I think, is that we're going to really be able to promote the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, and we're really going to be able to promote LovingLiberty.net the network that goes beyond radio uh, they've got radio they've got podcasts they've got organizations and curriculum and all kinds of things that loving liberty network is working on and promoting and i think that this step will really be able to promote cspoa and loving liberty in very unique ways it'll also let liberty roundtable live grow and it'll also help richard max tv show start out with an instant audience in the co or i'm sorry in the um simulcast because really all the listeners that we have at Liberty Roundtable Live will instantly be part of the audio portion. Many of them might move over to Brighty on TV to get video coverage. That's okay. On Brighty on TV, they do a really good job, too. I might clearly point out they have uh, me live on the set. They've got Richard Mack live on the set from different locations. Then they've got a ticker running about, uh, uh, on the bottom of the screen um, with the different topics that we talk about, articles. They put up you know, kind of a... A news ticker. It looks professional. I've had people uh, go to Brighteon TV dot or Brighteon dot TV and uh, check it out for me, and they say it looks really good. 
So we need a little bit of time to work out some of the kinks, some of the little glitches of obviously coming right out of the gate you're going to get. But I'm telling you, the Sheriff Mack show on Brighty on TV, and I'm basically co-hosting that show with Richard Mack, and we will be working on simulcasting it on Liberty Roundtable Live Tuesdays, second hour. Pretty neat stuff, if you ask me. And if things grow, and if I have time, you know what? Eventually, I might be able to work out my own TV show on Brighty on. Uh, the question just becomes, how much time do I have? What do I want to do with radio? Do I want to keep up doing six hours? I'm, or, I'm sorry. Two hours a day, six days a week, so 12 hours of radio. Or do I want to drop the radio program to one hour and then do TV? Uh, do I want to see if I can't just uh, simulcast with Richard on Tuesdays and then simulcast my own show at a different time maybe and do TV for more hours of radio? You know, how, do, how is this to, all this to unfold is the question. And I don't have all the answers. Of course, I'm open to your ideas and thoughts and input. LibertyRoundtable at gmail.com. If you want to email me and give me your thoughts on it, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, one, the developments that you've just heard about, the changes, the things that we're, we're taking on and doing, but, two, your opinion on how we might be able to break it down. Now, side note from this, Brighty on TV, offer an opportunity that we've accepted. Um, I've been working on my own video planning options as well, and I've been planning to do short videos. Uh, that would be uh, anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes in length. And I would start out by doing them once or twice a week and start posting those. And what I would do is take from the Liberty Roundtable Live six-day-a-week, two-hour-a-day talk show. And I'd pull the hottest topics out from that and do some short stand-up videos, news videos, if you will, on those topics. And then put that out on all the platforms that I can find, right? So that project has been in the works and slowed down because I got corona and all that kind of stuff. But we're bringing that back, too. So how does that all fit in, et cetera? I don't know. I'm working on all the changes now. Your input would be valuable. LibertyRoundTable at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I just know that cool things are happening as we start to have more interviews from people like we just had Charlotte Cuthbertson from TheEpicTimes.com. We're going to have more and more and more high-profile guests as we get into TV. Uh, there's a lot going on that's just going to be really cool. As we celebrate the 25th year anniversary of Liberty Roundtable Live, nationally syndicated radio talk show on the air. That is this year, by the way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, still planning to call it the Pfizer vaccine, you might say. Well, no, now that I got approval, they want to change the name. I don't even know how to say the new name, but it's not going over very well. Commodity? C-O-M-I-R-N-A-T-Y, Camaranati? I don't know. Why do they want to change the name anyway? Hang tight. I got some ideas on your radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. 
And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. We're talking about this vaccination approval and new name change, if you will. Yeah, you're still planning to call it the Pfizer vaccine, huh? But the new name it will be marketed under is Comirnaty. I don't know how to say this. C O M I R N A T Y. Kamir and Netty, Kamir Netty. Anyway, whatever it is, uh, that's what they're trying to market it under. And people are kind of rioting and going, no, 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 this isn't good. Why are we doing this, etc. Well, I've got a couple of opinions of why they want to do this. Number one, and Cameron brought this up on the break too, so bright minds think alike, to say the least. Uh, you know what? What they want to do is come out with something new. Hey, we got a new vaccine on the market. It's better than the previous ones. The previous ones they were kind of under experimental. You know, jettison all the Now, these are the approved, new and improved vaccinations, you know. It's kind of like back in the old days. Four out of five dentists surveyed recommend chewing gum, you know, kind of a thing. They're trying to take advantage of a new launch, a new name, a new vaccine, a vaccine that wasn't ever experimental. This one's been approved from the get-go. So they're trying to have a marketing push for that kind of a nuanced uh, new idea. That's one reason. The other reason, I believe, is to jettison all the bad stuff that has gone on. So when you literally inject 100 million people or how many ever people have been injected with this experimental version, all you got to do then is say, oh, that's that old mm, Pfizer experiment stuff. They're beyond that now. See, the new and improved, the approved by the government vaccine, that's a different thing now. Uh, and so they're really trying to, in my opinion, not only take advantage of the new to see if they can get more people vaccinated, having people believe it's something different, but they also want to jettison all the carnage, all the, um, what do they call this thing, the VARS database or whatever. They want to jettison all the negative publicity, all the experimental reality, all the different problems people have had with the old vaccine. They want to jettison that. Now that it's been approved, it's not experimental, there's a difference in the way it's, it's dealt with. You're going to have to go to vaccine courts, and you're going to have to do all this and that. All the protections that vaccines have received over the years by your government, 
start to come to play. So you're going to see a big difference in the experimental Pfizer stuff. Well, that you know, that's when they were kind of working on it. Now that they've got the new and improved, approved, the new and improved, approved, right, um, vaccine that's on the market legitimately so by the Food and Drug Administration, you're going to see a lot less problems with that vaccine. Not because it's really any better than the experimental vaccine, but because they have all kinds of things put in place to make sure that the damage done, the harm done, the safe, not so safe, the effective, not so effective, all that stuff then has to run through all these channels, all these special guidelines and, and regulations that, that they put in place for approved vaccines to protect vaccine manufacturers, see? So you've got the the injury compensation fund that's been around since 1986 that has spent literally billions of dollars on when vaccines aren't safe or effective and necessary risk as they put it in the specialty courts. If you go study this topic, Um, all that stuff will be brought to bear to make sure that the word doesn't get out about how unsafe and how ineffective the vaccine really is. So there's my reasoning my belief. So whatever you call that thing, whatever. But now Biden, say again, Comarnity is the name of this thing, Comarnity. Uh, I guess there's a thing on the net that you can click a button and it'll tell you how to pronounce it. Comarnity uh, is the way they want to say it. But all I'm telling you right now is it sounds like a con game to me. Not a Comarnity it's a con game folks biden now calling on companies though to mandate covid19 vaccinations zachary steeper wrote the article for the epic times on this one all i'm telling you is you look at that and you go wow so now the president of the united states literally is urging business using the power of the pulpit of the presidency of the united states to encourage and to push private sector businesses to mandate COVID-19 vaccinations. I mean, this literally is criminal. He ought to be impeached over this. This idea that you're going to force someone, whether you agree with the vaccines or not, whether you agree they're safe or effective or not, no matter what you think about the vaccines, folks forcing people to take the vaccination against their will, against the right of conscience, Uh, forcing them to accept a man-made serum into their body by force is criminal. Anyway, shame on whacked out Joe. I mean, what a disgrace this guy is. Now, the headline says, after FDA approval, Pentagon says vaccines is mandatory. Yeah. Now, the Pentagon forces military personnel to get vaccinated ladies and gentlemen now you you've just seen the beginning you're gonna have teachers unions you're gonna literally your job will be on the line over vaccines folks this is serious serious business indeed i tell you what i mean it is a shame all right they're literally gonna put your job on the line your ability to go to school on the line Eventually, your ability to probably fly or travel on the line. Every bit of this is culminating into a forced vaccination agenda. We have got to stand up and stop this, my fellow Americans. 
For example, the most vaccinated nation, at least one of them in, an, in the world, is Israel. Now, I know there's smaller um, countries that have greater vaccinations than Israel, so don't call me and say it's not the most, Sam. There's other, I know, but I'm telling you, one of the most vaccinated countries on the planet is Israel. But believe it or not, now they're having record high COVID cases and deaths are exploding again among the vaccinated right now. You say, wow, Sam, what do we do with that? Well, it is a serious problem. I agree. And what it all means in the end, I don't know. But I know this. They're going for broke on mandated vaccinations. They're going for broke on this vaccine passport discussion. I mean, it is literally crazy. I don't even know how to really respond to it. Because they're starting to get the ball rolling so fast on this thing that it's going to be really hard for the American people to stop it. We're going to have to stand up in great numbers, and we're going to have to do it quickly and united, or we're in trouble. Okay? I mean, this is serious. Now, I got an email from WorldNet Daily, believe it or not. It's a pretty cool headline. And here's what it says. Listen to this carefully. Brand new job board launched to help unvaccinated Americans. So this is risen now to the level of, you know what? A lot of people are being forced to either take the vaccinations or quit their job. So they're literally breaking the bread bowl, if you will, of the American people on this deal. Now it's Gab launches brand new job board to help unvaccinated Americans. Is your employer forcing you to inject a foreign substance into your body, they ask? Joe Kovacs writes the article for WND.com. And it's really good. The Novax mandate job board at Gab.com declares now hiring. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm telling you right now. Whoa. Now hiring. Um, this is serious. And this, in my opinion, is the appropriate response to help people get jobs done. You've got to find a way to be able to eat. How hard is it going to get if everything is mandated? While vaccine mandates continue to sweep the nation in connection with the fight against the COVID-19 the free speech social media site Gab.com launched a no-vax mandate job board to help American employers and or workers who want nothing to do with forced shots. Is your current employer forcing you to inject a foreign substance into your body in order to work, asks the CEO of Gab? Anyway, there you have it. Um, I guess they created this website or this board job board in um, response to the Joe Biden mandate vaccines in order to maintain employment. This job board is for sharing job openings that do not require employees to inject themselves with an experimental substance 
or violate their bodily autonomy and or religious beliefs for employment. It's also for people to share their resumes, their skills, their stories with one another. Anyway, I commend Gab for their stand, for their effort on this. And I also commend WND.com and Joe Kovacs for carrying the story. All right, there you have it. This is serious, man. Gab launches brand new job board to help unvaccinated Americans. Great stuff. I'll tell you what I like the most about this is I like the media covering this thing. And I like Gab doing something about it. I mean, a lot of people usually just complain. And then nothing really changes or nothing really gets done. This is a active, engaged, in my opinion, response that really has legs or teeth or whatever word you want to say. Because it can make the big difference. But you're also going to see now the start of tiny businesses. It's time to start your own business and not work for the man anymore, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Entrepreneurial Nation to kick up and make a difference. But small businesses, medium businesses, business with guts are starting to coalesce around this WND.com article. And what Gab.com is doing, it will be a huge boon for Gab. Um, a lot of people who you know haven't really moved away from Twitter or Facebook or some of these places are going to now move here going, these are the only people that are for freedom of association, freedom of speech, freedom of rights to conscience and to body, et cetera, et cetera. This is going to be huge for Gab. Don't get me wrong. It's a marketing push for them in many ways to grow. But it's also the right thing to do, let's be clear. And you're going to see more barter, more free association relationships uh, because of the efforts of Gab. You're going to see more and more and more people. Um, I don't know what you want to call it, off the radar, standing up, making a difference. Anyway, I will bring this uh, up continually to highlight what's going on here and the good work being done. We have got to start and mount a pushback like you've never seen. Bureaucrats are getting out of control, drunk with power, and it's got to stop. Your agency's at the core of this discussion, I remind you. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. Our buddy Tom DeWeese, American Policy Center. He's discovered more abuses to promote Agenda 2030. We'll highlight them on your radio. Hour one in the can, two coming up. I am Sam Bushman. We are syndicated by LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, tell the tale, donate if you can, and get involved at every level, would you please? I declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. 
This is the broadcast for August 25th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two. The goal always to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property and to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips as you know we reject revolution but we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth without further ado i want to get to a long time friend and frequent guest on liberty roundtable live over the years haven't been in touch for a while he's so busy i'm so busy etc but you know what we're back together again tom deweese president of the american policy center AmericanPolicy.org, the website, standing up against Agenda 21, now Agenda 30. And the abuses continue as they change the names to, um, well, prevent the American people from knowing the truth. Every time we expose them, they play games and change words and change names. And, wow, the game continues. But we're on to them, and we're making progress as Americans wake up in my opinion, in droves more than ever before. Tom, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Sam, thank you so much. It's good to be with you, and congratulations on 25 years of being in the broadcasting. Yeah, we've been in broadcasting longer, but it's the 25th year of this nationally syndicated radio program. That's the interesting thing. We were syndicating before anybody else, really, uh, <laughs> to a great degree. So there you have that. Um, you've been doing a lot of work, too, over the years, AmericanPolicy.org. Uh, and there's so many changes in what they've been doing and how they've been doing it that it takes a full-time job and more just to keep up, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It does. I, actually, I've looked back at the archives that we've got on the website, uh, go clear back into the uh, early 1990s of articles we've written, things we've produced, and I'm just shocked, really, by what we were saying back then and comparing to what's actually happening now. It's like I wrote the articles yesterday. So it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, I'll tell you what, not only is it amazing, but it's been a, a serious, serious quest for Tom. He's dedicated his whole lifelong mission to this. Tom DeWeese is one of the nation's leading advocates of individual liberty, free enterprise, private property, personal privacy, privacy back to basics education, and a whole lot more. And now you sent me an email that I want to highlight. It says, friend, I have just uncovered another stealth plan. Let's talk about it. What's going on now, Tom? Well, first of all, this is uh, uh, dealing with national heritage areas, and we have been fighting and trying to expose national heritage areas for several years. It seems like there's a new push on them now. And what I find so concerning about national heritage areas is uh, what you know, people like you and me uh, who love our country and love our history, love our heritage, and we want to protect it, we want to preserve it, absolutely. And so these are sold as a means to do that, that we're going to honor what happened on hallowed ground, uh, birthplaces of, of, you know, American heroes, you know, all of this kind of thing, national heritage area. And so a lot of, of conservatives, uh, particularly, you know, conservatives in Congress will sponsor uh, to put together a national heritage area for, for uh, uh, you know, in, in their districts or whatever. And the truth of the matter is that a national heritage area puts a federal boundary around what could be several different counties, 
every single thing in the county, your homes, your, your entire city, your jobs, inside that, and it's under the control of the National Park Service. And what happens here is that the National Park Service then puts out money and they do they get into a public private partnership with all kinds of organizations particularly radical environmental groups uh, uh planning organizations others with their own private agendas and they're putting this money into their pocket and they are now using that money to go and uh lobby and bring put their own private agendas in place they're not in in many cases the heritage area doesn't get blamed for that but the money for the heritage area is in their pockets and getting it done and so it's a real stealth steal of of private property and uh and and you know the control by local communities the, the people that you elect your city councilman and so forth uh are usurped to uh, you know as they put all this in place so this is what we've been trying to tell people this is they're using national heritage areas to sucker us into from uh, supporting things that we would normally stand up and, and oppose and it's it's a stealth that's why i call it a stealth steal now what's happened up till now there are 55 national heritage areas we have managed to stop three of them uh, one of them just uh, two years ago in Louisiana, and another one in Virginia uh, a few years before that. But um, we were able to stop it because we were able to get local people to understand what the problem was, and the congressman who introduced the bill to put the heritage area in place backed off and pulled the bills because they saw local opposition grow. This is how it should operate. However, a new bill has just it's actually passed the house already and it is now in the senate it's uh the national heritage area act senate bill 1942 what this does is it now takes the uh creation of a national heritage area out of the hands of your congressman and puts it into the hands of the Secretary of the Interior. The Secretary of the Interior is now pressured by all of these NGO organizations that have a, a stake in this, who are going to get money in their pockets, and they are, um, uh, if this bill is in place, then that you know they will pressure the secretary of the interior to put an, these national heritage areas together and it's not something they've what they've done is they've taken away the ability of local opposition residents the people who really live there to stand up and stop it like we've done before and so you know this this just puts it Tom, all in let the me put room. a little bit of understanding from the average american yeah. point of view to this because people are kind of saying what how do they bait and switch like that yeah. well when you say national heritage area you have now created this kind of special treatment scenario where you say oh the general government now has control of this uh it's really for uh divine good honorable purposes uh and therefore you know what it's really untouchable thinks the average local the average county the average state they're going you know the, the government has the authority the right to do this they've been doing this for a long time uh, it, it's peaceful. It's it, you know what? This is all vetted. It's backed by Congress. It's legitimately done, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how they're getting the local people to to, to not really touch it and to kind of be checked out of the game on this. That's for sure. starters, right? 
Yeah, and and they'll tell them several things. They'll say what this is for really is to build tourism in your in your community. So that'll build business and uh you know help the community prosper. Uh, there is no indication anywhere that any National Heritage Area has done that. Uh, the other thing that they are, tell, are telling people is, well, uh, if you don't, you know, you don't have to participate in this and your, with your property and so forth. You can opt out if you want to. In fact, this, this is the language that they put in every bill to say they're protecting private property. It says, nothing in this subtitle abridges the right of any property owner, including the right to refrain from participating in any plan, project, program, or activity conducted within the National Heritage Area. You have a right to opt out. The fact of the matter is, this creates a federal boundary around the entire area that's designated. And as I said, it could be multiple counties. When was the last time you could opt out of a national or federal boundary that is created by Congress? You know, that is absolutely bogus language. It isn't true. But they put it in every bill and tell people, oh, yeah, no, no problem. So, you know. And if you challenge it, if you challenge it, what they do is they take it into court and say, hey, there's already case precedent against you on this. You really have no standing. And they dismiss it not on its merits, uh, but you never get there. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- and the other thing is, the, and, and this is the, the part that I have the most difficult uh, time getting people to understand about this, is this flow of money that's coming out of the National Park Service, and it's going into the pockets of private organizations that are in partnership with them. And there is absolutely no accountability for this tax-exempt money, uh, you know, going in or you know, going into their their pockets, and uh, they are able to use that money to lobby local uh, uh, city councils, county commissions, and so forth for their own private agendas. They use, and, and I'm t- you know, these are the radical environmental groups, the Sierra Club, the Nature Conservancy, groups like that that are helping to do this. And uh, they're pushing their programs, and you will find maybe local businesses will be, all suddenly be deemed too dirty to be inside the heritage area uh, because of environmental regulations that have now been put in place with the money coming from the heritage area, just as an example. And uh, so this is, this is hard for people to grasp, and, and you will hear, I, I, we've been in hearings on this, you will hear them say there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever that the National Heritage Area has ever caused one of these problems because it's not done under its name. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to come back and talk about fine print because that's a lot of where this stuff happens as well. There's publications, promotions on the surface that manage the public on this, and then there's the real language. What, fine print? We'll talk about it with Tom DeWeese, AmericanPolicy.org on your radio. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation 
more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Tom DeWeese, American Policy Center, AmericanPolicy.org, riding shotgun on the broadcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, NGOs are really the key here, where they play games and bait and switch. We're talking about national heritage areas. Most people believe they're fine. Going to bring in tourism. No problem protecting the land, but it's a huge land grab. They use this innocent term that has been going on for decades to then bait and switch. And I submit right before the pause, Tom DeWeese, they have these public consumption documents that make you feel good when you go into them, uh, but they're all deception. The real language is in small print, in fine print, in the, oftentimes not even the bills, but the bills enable the establishment of the heritage areas. But the funds then are not used for that purpose. They push the funds to non-governmental organizations. They literally use the money in all kinds of ways. Tracing the money is the key. So, for example, the Park Service gives much of that funding to private non-governmental groups, NGOs, to use for their private agendas. Okay? We fight these groups every day, but yet they're getting the money behind the scenes. It's all based on this fine print of how flexible they could be when it comes to implementation, right? Absolutely. And as I said, there is virtually no accountability once that money goes into their pockets uh, as to how they spend it. And what we're dealing with in these organizations, uh, as somebody else termed it, they're mercenaries. And they do, you know, this like a black water operation. And, they, they out, and, and when they have that money and that political power and all this behind them, then they're able to outgun uh, an average citizen. You go in there and try to stand up before city council and, and oppose it or whatever, uh, or even if you have a councilman who is with you and wants to stand up and oppose it. And they're outgunned by this. And uh, so, you know, it's, again, it's massive amounts of money, massive amounts of political power, and it's all done in a stealth uh, situation like that. And, they, and they're using this emotional appeal that we just want to honor our country. We want to honor what happened here. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. 
if you if you look at it from from that point of view, at, uh, what what does a national heritage area really do? Uh, let me give you a couple of examples here. You have along the Mississippi River, there are two national heritage areas: and the uh, Mississippi Mississippi Delta National Heritage Area, the Mississippi Gulf Coast National Heritage Area. And you know, uh, you know, this is like right out of Mark Twain. If you want to talk about history of our country and and uh, historic things that have happened, the thing, one thing that you won't find participating in all this grand historic traditions of the river now are people living on river boats. This was something that was uh, a long-term tradition, but uh, back in the 1990s, people living on river boats were removed. And uh, so was a lot of other boat traffic and so forth. The other thing they did was they pushed back uh, the, the, uh, the floodplain designations there. And they took people away from living along the, the, the river. This was all environmental regulations, not national heritage area, but the heritage area did it. In, in West Virginia, you well, have you the say national... The heritage, heritage area did it. What you want to say is the heritage area ran cover... And the behind-the-scenes fine print of where the money goes and who's really involved and how and the structure of the implementation did it by pulling forth these unrelated on the surface regulations but directly related, environmentally speaking. That's really where the rubber meets the road is they pull in all these other guidelines and regulations and pretty soon it's like, Oh, any any body of water now has all this regulation to it. Well, it doesn't really have anything to do with the heritage area, but because it's a heritage area, now all these other things come into play and the triggers start to open, right? You got it. Perfectly said. Yes, that's exactly what's happening with it. And uh, like I was going to say, in West Virginia, they have the National Coal Heritage Area. It was introduced in 1996. And uh, I, I've issued this challenge just try to, to, you know, this is to honor the coal uh, industry there, but just try to mine a single lump of coal inside that National Heritage Area. You know, can't do it. It's restricted, taboo. So, you know, this, this is the kind of thing that you deal with uh, on these. Uh, what heritage are we, are we honoring here and why? Uh, here in, well, I actually live in the middle of the Journey Through Hallowed Ground Heritage Area. It runs from Thomas Jefferson's home in Monticello all the way to the Gettysburg Battlefield. That's over three states and multiple counties. And that's a federal border all the way around that. Well, every single thing that happened historically there that is to be honored is already preserved. And so there is absolutely no need for this, and it has not built up any new tourism or anything like that. And, uh, you know, so the, the whole reason for it is bogus. What this really comes down to is it diminishes local uh, jurisdiction of, of your uh, local elected officials uh, having to answer to federal guidelines. It, it uh, bites into the state sovereignty of uh, you know your state legislatures, and it has a certain you know literally if they wanted to, the Park Service could exercise its authority, and they're creating all of this inside the boundaries is a national park. That's your home. That's your community, and and you know as I said, there is no opt out for this. So it's all stealth control, 
that uh, that leads to regionalism, that that you know leads to all other kind of things that that control us outside of our ability to vote and and control what's going on. Now let's be very clear so the American people understand. At first, you say, "Well, how do they get away with this, Sam? Can't we just sue them? Can't we?" You'll never get standing in the courts. Number one, you'll never get to really debate the real issues, and I'll tell you why. Because when we talk about a national heritage area, I can write all kinds of public documents, public-facing, promotional, marketing, whatever you want to call it, get everybody on board, create consensus, whatever documents publicly. As long as I refer to that nebulous, safe, good term that everybody loves. I mean, who doesn't want to preserve history? What's wrong with you? Okay, as long as I stay to that language, I can lie all day long. Because under the national heritage situation, um, hey, what they're claiming is, on its face, true. Because remember, the damage is being done through the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, with the money filtered and funneled to them. The damage is done by the legislation relating to all kinds of other environmental legislation that has been put in place. That's the triggering of the violation of rights, the violation of private property, the violation of um, what you can and cannot do in these huge areas. And so when I say, oh, you know what, the National Heritage Act is great and it does this and this and this and this, I can speak all day long in glowing terms. When it comes down to reality, all the other negatives, for example, you can't mine any coal within this boundary. Um, that's not because of the American or the national heritage. That's because of other legislation and regulation and behind the scenes, um, manipulation that takes place. And so that's why I can't even get to court because if I'm going to go in and say, well, the national heritage, this, this they're going to go, no, that's not right. That's not true at all. And they're right. Technically speaking, legalese basically rule the day. And that's really how this is happening, because um, you can't argue against something that on its face is different than the reality in courts. They'll just define terms and they'll say, no, the National Something Water Act or the da, 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 is the reason this it has nothing to do with the heritage thing, Sam. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Americans then have to be wise enough to call them at their con game. Now, you've uncovered this. And at first people are going, well, you know, what? we've known this for a long time, Tom, Sam. You have kind of. You may not have known where the buck stops, though, and you may not have known what enables their continued abuses. That's what we're highlighting today. We're also highlighting the fact that there's a dangerous new bill they're putting on the table to add insult to injury, Tom. Yeah, yeah, the new bill uh, takes away even our ability to address these things. And, uh, you know, where it was going, you know, it was congressmen, usually it was, congressmen in their it was their district that they were promoting these and and what we found in the past is a lot of conservative congressmen have been the ones who are proposing this because hey again we're just honoring what happens there i uh back when we were trying to stop this journey through how ground one i went to a congressman uh in maryland a very conservative congressman and uh met with him and i asked him why was he supporting this bill and after we discussed several other things, and he said, well, I believe it, it, it helps build tourism there, and I want to help people in, in my constituents. And I said, you know, you could pass a bill that uh, honored what happened there. Just give them a plaque and uh, a resolution from Congress to honor what happened there. And that wouldn't that serve the same purpose without all this money and overlay and all that? He agreed, 
introduced the bill to do that, and it was immediately killed. Ladies and gentlemen, we got our work cut out for us. Tom DeWeese bringing the details to us. There's a dangerous new bill. Details coming up on that in seconds, highlighting how we can stop Agenda 20, 30, and more. But you got to get educated or you lose before you even start. Tom DeWeese with me. Hang tight. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A Republican and a Democrat lawmaker leave the safety of the United States and travel to Afghanistan unannounced Tuesday. Dan Naraki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau explains. A pair of House lawmakers have made an unauthorized trip to Afghanistan. Representatives Peter Meyer, a Republican from Michigan, and Seth Moulton, a Democrat from Massachusetts, traveled to Kabul on Tuesday to conduct oversight of the evacuation operation. In a joint statement, the two veterans said they'd conducted their trip in secret and didn't announce it until they'd left the country so as to reduce the risk of disruption to the operations on the ground. The Washington Post, first reporting the trip, added that the pair spent less than 24 hours in country. In their statement, the congressman added that after seeing the situation, they did not believe the evacuations can be completed by the August 31st deadline. The Supreme Court of the United States ruled against the Biden administration Tuesday and is demanding the Remain in Mexico immigrant program be put back into law. The vote was 6-3. to three. USA Radio News. You take steps to stay healthy when at the pharmacy picking up vitamins or filling a prescription. May I help you? Take another healthy step right now and ask the pharmacist how Prevnar 13 can help protect you from pneumococcal pneumonia, a potentially serious bacterial lung disease. If you're 65 or older, a trip to the pharmacy is a lot more pleasant than a trip to the hospital because of pneumococcal pneumonia. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13-valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Stop by the pharmacy today and ask about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. The pandemic continues to disrupt commerce throughout the world. Shopping early is the key to avoid the repercussions of closing ports and other bottlenecks in the system. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. It might not be a bad idea to do your Christmas shopping sooner rather than later. Experts saying the ongoing pandemic-related supply shortage and transportation issues worldwide are making it hard for global manufacturers to get their products to store shelves. Many think it could be next year before shipping and transportation issues are sorted out. Due to the fast-spreading Delta variant, supply chain issues could potentially worsen if shipping companies or ports are forced to close down. The naked baby boy from Nirvana's 1991 album, Nevermind, is suing the band and Cobain estate for child sexual exploitation. Spencer Eldon says his legal guardians did not consent to the image being used. He's seeking $150,000. USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Tom DeWeese on your radio talking about national heritage areas sounding innocent enough, but not so fast. They're being used as a cover to bait and switch, ladies and gentlemen. 
and create these massive swaths of land controlled by environmentalists through non-governmental organizations. The money's routed to them. Follow the money. You'll find out who's in charge. And they're literally uh, abusing us using this National Heritage designation as a cover. Tom DeWeese with me says, I have uncovered yet another stealth plan for more than a decade. They've been doing this. All right. The National Heritage Areas have been debated in Congress. And Tom DeWeese and the American Policy Center are one of the only organizations to testify against them in congressional hearings. So Tom has been involved all the way through this thing. And there's a dangerous new bill in the past that's been uh, somebody like a congressman or whatever who's advocated for these American Heritage Areas and, and, and who have got them up and running. But now this dangerous new bill, ladies and gentlemen, it's called the National Heritage Area Act, S-1942 in the Senate. And it was just introduced into the Senate. It will drastically change how a National Heritage Area is created or designated, if you will. We'll get into that in just a second. But before we do, I want to highlight the National Heritage Area is the innocent upfront reality. That's not really a problem. Now, I'm not saying it's not a problem to designate these. I'm just saying on the surface, that isn't the problem. And so if you try to go and attack that and complain about that, they're just going to laugh at you because you don't understand the red tape, the regulations, the underlying bills, the underlying regulations that are used as triggers behind the scenes that have nothing to do with the original designation, if you will. Tom, how do we cut through this uh, deception and how do we um, force in our local meetings and local discussions, how do we force the real details to be on the table? It's very difficult, isn't it? It is. And as I said, that's been one of the most difficult things I've dealt with. Uh, one of the uh, ways that people want to get organized to fight one if it's been introduced in their area uh, is to show how everyone will be a victim of this. Uh, an example of that, down in uh, the last one we stopped was uh, two years ago in uh, Caddo Lake, uh, uh, in Louisiana, in between Louisiana and Texas. And uh, there we were able to show that people who had boat docks around the lake probably wouldn't be allowed to have those anymore. There's uh, some industry, there is some oil industry there that uh, has been performing for decades without any single problem uh, environmentally and so forth. And uh, that was going to be stopped if this was put into place. We were able to show that, that this, but again, these are all environmental regulations that are happening all over the country, uh, not about heritage. And uh, so the history is just an excuse. And showing them how they are going to be victims of these things has become very effective. And, uh, you know, this is what we, what we have to do. It's kind of like designating easy. something as a national heritage area creates a federal government invisibility cloak that surrounds a given area. And then what happens is with that invisibility cloak, they can do whatever they want with all the regulations behind the scenes and tough crap. It's already designated, quote, federal. And there you go. And yeah. that's almost what's happening, right? Yeah, yeah, and what's really interesting in that I had a meeting uh, with uh, the staff of Congressman, former Congressman Frank Wolf, who was really behind all these things. He's the one who wrote that property rights uh, language and so forth. And we sat around the meeting, and I said, well, "Why are, are, are you planning to notify all the people inside this boundary that this is coming?" And they all kind of looked at each other and said, 
well, uh, I don't know how we would do that. And I said, you might want to check out a little-known federal agency called the U.S. Post Office because it's doing it every day. And they refused to do anything to notify people that your area where you live, your property and so forth, uh, has been proposed to be inside a national boundary of, for a national heritage area. They refuse to do that. I think that is uh, a real key uh, to tell you what they're really about on all this. They don't want you to know. They don't want to have opposition. But uh, we've, you know, when we've been able to get the word out and, and get it done, what I'm seeing now happening uh, we we went through kind of a calm period where none of, none of these were being proposed. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of them being proposed again. And now this bill, which takes away, as I said, the, when a congressman introduces it and you can build opposition, and they see, oh, my gosh, this is going to lose me uh, popularity. It's going to lose me support. Let's pull it. And I've seen them pull two of them very quickly when we were able to do that. This bill is going to take away our ability to do that because it's all going, these NGOs are going to be behind the scenes with the uh, Secretary of the Interior and, oh, here's our new plan, here's our management plan, everything we're doing. And, and he then makes the decision and, and tells a, a committee of Congress, uh, we're designating this area as a national heritage area. He isn't asking them to do it, to have Congress approve it. He's telling them what the Interior Department is going to do. And we have then lost our ability to stand up and, and oppose these. Now, part of the problem is the wording used, too. A lot of times they use this national heritage area, but they also use this monument term. Uh, and, and again, all these terms have these overlays uh, is what they try to also create where there's layers. And even if you were to challenge one layer, hey, they've got you with 56 other layers due to the other designations and such like that that they have. And that's yeah. happening as well. Presidents are using these terms like Hey, you know, the national monument, this and the that and the, and, and all these nice sounding terms underlying them is real red tape, fine print stuff that controls a lot of this. And it's very hard to get to those discussions uh, because what the local people will say is, oh, you know what? That's designated as federal. I really don't have anything to do with that, Sam. It's very hard to convince them that that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah, and, and really, city councils and county commissions and so forth, uh, even state legislatures, have the power to do something about these things, but they don't know that. We uh, we had one in Virginia that was proposed called the Crooked Road National Heritage Area. The Crooked Road is where a lot of uh, uh, historic country music and so forth came from. And I went down there, I spoke uh, to people there, and got them to understand what the situation was and what happened to the bill. First of all, the congressman called me, and he uh, and I told him why all this was bad and so forth. And he comes out with a news release and, and speaks to people and says, Tom DeWeese is working with me on this bill. And no, I wasn't. I told him under no circumstances would I support anything trying to do this. Well, it all depends and, on how you define working there, Tom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, and I put out an action alert on that and, and called him a liar. <laughs> and all of a sudden, one county commission after another stood up and said, no, we don't approve this in our county. And uh, after about half of them stood up and did that, he pulled the bill. 
So this is how we're able to stop them. But now, with this designation, we won't even know it's coming. They won't alert anybody. The Secretary of the Interior can do whatever he wants. He's got a, a partnership with the, these public-private partnerships with all these radical uh, NGO organizations, and there's no financial ca accountability. It's all done in the back rooms, and uh, you know that's why that's let what me tell this you what's, is. This let bill. me tell you what's coming next if this bill passes as well. In the past, they've had to be really careful. Uh, when they lasso a piece of land, so to speak, put an, a, an area around it, they've had to be very careful of what to include and not to include to make sure that too much opposition doesn't rise up. And that's been kind of a public discussion where people are like, mm, okay, well, that land doesn't affect this many people and this and that. And it's always been that kind of a discussion. What will happen now, though, is because they don't have to give you any warning, because it's not open for review or transparent or debatable or discussable uh, in local meetings, and you can't bring people to the table to bring up opposition, etc., what they'll do then is they'll start to include people's homes and say, well, there's only 10 homes here. You know what? These people environmentally really need to move anyways, and da-da-da-da-da. What it's going to do is let them cast a greater lasso, including land that they could never include before when it was under public scrutiny, They'll include those pieces, and by hook or by crook, they'll marginalize more and more and more and more as they take land from the people, as they take the ability uh, to profit from the land uh, from the people. This is going to be happening uh, with greater frequency because how do you mount the opposition? It'll already be done before you even know that it's happening. How will you mount the opposition when, well, sorry, it's already codified in legislation? Or, okay, this is what's going to be happening in greater greater number of cases tom absolutely and you know they always use this this historic excuse there's not a single drop of land in this country that hasn't had something happen on it historically somebody walked on it somewhere uh you know but that's that's the excuse and uh you know next thing you know it's all locked away in the rural areas you're going to see uh, a real push, a bigger push for conservation easements for the same reasons. And you have farmers signing away their property in perpetuity forever to, uh, you know, be conserved. And, you know, the lies that just fell around all this is just unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, we got an epic battle on our hands. I'm going to come back and ask Tom some very unique questions related to this. Hang tight. Tom DeWeese with us. AmericanPolicy.org. We're talking about national heritage areas, monuments, and the like as they bait and switch and deceive the people out of their property on environmental terms. It's insane. We've got to learn about it and stand up. Stand tall now, folks. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
So, uh, you two are real actors, huh? Well, I was an extra on a soap opera for three years. And I'm best known for starring in cat food commercials. Mm. <laughs> and you're going to play our parents for how long? Oh, just during dinner for the next few years, probably until you're both off to college. Your real parents will be back every night at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock? Hey, your dad's busy. He's got work, softball, client yeah. functions. Yeah, and your mom, she's got the literary club and play rehearsals. So. Uh, don't you worry. They'll be back on time. Otherwise, we get time, time and, and a half. half. Ka-ching! <laughs> <laughs> okay, according to the script, we're supposed to ask you how your day was. Yes. Um, okay, I guess. Ooh, is that the best you can do? I think I want my real parents. I don't see that in the script. No ad-libbing, please. <laughs> There's no substitute for a loving parent. And when you're really there, you'll know how much you care. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Tom DeWeese on your radio talking about American <laughs> heritage areas. Wow. National heritage areas. Why don't they call them American heritage areas? Just wondering. Uh, why don't they call them... Um, well, the godly heritage areas. Why don't they, uh, you know, the founding fathers would be rolling over in their graves uh, at the abuse taking place under deception regarding the land. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not very careful, you're going to wake up as a slave on the land your founders, founding fathers fought for. That's the reality. These bills are dangerous. These agendas they're putting in place are dangerous. And I submit to you that if you give them the ability to, to uh, create these areas via, what do you want to call it? government agency as opposed to an individual uh, responsible for it where there can be accountability and transparency you will lose property in mass because there will be no real way to mount an opposition before it's too late and then when you try to mount an opposition where do you go who do you go to who do you call well the senators and the congressmen are like we're not involved in that i don't know what to tell you sir it's you know and it'll be agency by hook or by crook. It'll be fiat theft of land with no way. Who are you going to call? No way to respond in a meaningful way. You can try to go to court. They'll shut you down. You don't have standing. What are you talking about? Um, et cetera. This is creating a greater breakdown between the people and those who supposedly serve them, Tom. Absolutely. And that is the, the real drive here is to take government further and further from the people so that you, you know, the farther government gets away from you, the higher it gets up in the ranks there, if state, federal, it, uh, it becomes much more difficult to deal with. And that is the goal. And, uh, you know, let me, let me just share this with you, because we're, we're talking here about and uh, in, in putting in that, uh, these national heritage areas together and to cover 10, 15 states in some cases, you've also got the same kind of thing happening, uh, not designating regional, uh, uh, national heritage areas, but, but regionalism. We have a regional commission here that's going to take that again. When that is designated, that covers multiple states, it's taking away local uh, governments' uh, control, the people you elected to run your community as you want. And, and, and just listen to this quote from the US UN Commission on Global Governance. It said, quote, 
regionalism must precede globalism. We foresee a seamless system of governance from local communities, individual states, regional unions, and up through the United Nations itself. A national heritage area is just one more chink in all that, and it takes away that local community uh, and even individual state control over what goes on, your own sovereignty in, in your own community and uh, in your home. As you said, the, your home is in the middle of this, and as they gain more and more control and push these, these things in place, then they will begin to grab. We now have this attack going on in communities all over the country on single-family neighborhoods, zoning protections for single-family neighborhoods. All of this fits together to where you, you know, you, there are no property rights left in this country, and there is no local government left. It is all top-down control, and you know, you know, this is where it's leading. And they're going to do more and more with the way they've played games of businesses right now. Let me give you an example. They're saying, well, I'm not at the government saying you got to wear a mask. The business is. I'm not saying you got to be vaccinated. The business is. And so what they're doing is they're creating this hybrid kind of fascist scenario where business is doing the bidding of the government's mandated agendas, but the government on the surface isn't mandating the agenda. The business is, don't you know? But yet behind the scenes, you find a real forced agenda on businesses to mandate that they do this or there's repercussions if you don't. Well, the same thing is kind of happening here. You're going to end up with these NGOs. You're going to end up with these government unconstitutional agencies that are the ones that have absolute dictatorial control over this. And the congressman and senator or your courts or any avenue that you have for a redress of grievance will be gone because they'll simply say, what are you talking about? We're not really involved. And then you try to push and they'll say, well, you don't even have standing. You're not even. In, and, and so they're doing this kind of fascist hybrid scenario, whether it be NGOs, whether it be businesses, all in bed with government in these ways to separate the people from accountability. Yeah. I submit that that's the reality that we're seeing on all fronts. This only being one of them, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when as they began to promote this whole globalist uh, agenda, uh, you know, private property, free enterprise, and individual choice are the three targets of it. All of those things have to be removed. And uh, you know, here's what we're talking about. Here is the attack of first of all on private property. But it uh, it also moves into the free enterprise system. It moves into your, your personal choice, and you know the COVID lockdown was a perfect example of where where they want to go with this and how they're going to do it. And it, it has attacked all three of those things. And as you said, you know, when private businesses are saying, "Well, you have to wear the mask in here. You have to do. You have to do that." That's because they're afraid they're going to be put out of business. And what's amazing, what has happened through all this, uh, this whole lockdown, is that these global corporations, the WalMarts, the Targets, the Amazons of the world, have had the best year of their life, while local businesses are being decimated. And you know, this is again. Uh, this is part of that public-private partnership. These same organizations that are in the behind the scenes on the national heritage areas uh, have the same kind of power, and they will begin. They're using their radical agendas on environmentalism and and uh, and uh, you know how uh, uh, planning uh, associations and all that sort of thing. 
their radical agendas, they're using the money. They're using the stealth behind the National Heritage Area to implement the exact same plan. It's all coming at us in every, from every direction. These are all pieces and parts of it. All right. Now, I also want to talk about the Great Reset. Some call it the Jubilee. Some call it the Great Reset, et cetera, that they're pushing for. Banks are in bed with this. International organizations are in bed with this. And they want to reset our economy. And I, they want to do so because of inflation. They want to do so because they want to create some kind of regional or some kind of a global currency in some way or set the stage for that, et cetera. Well, in the research that we've done for this, it turns out that there's very few organizations that literally control everything. They have funded everything. They have the money. They have the ownership of stock or whatever you want to say. Um, I'm trying to think of how even to explain it. It's so um, incestuous. So, um, It's a cabal. So controlling. It's a cabal, but it, 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 it's, it's, they've managed to control it from very few people for example there's only nine corporations that really control international media uh is the point kind of a thing okay so for example the international media is no owned by nine large media conglomerates if you really go study you'll find that world affairs brief and joel skousen reports that half a dozen investment firms control most corporations all right the mega corporations of the elite are creating a brand new society and the U.N. agrees with Klaus Schwab that the pandemic is a global golden chance to accelerate the implementation of Agenda 2030 or the Great Reset. Now, they believe they can get it done by 2030. The top two capital investment firms are BlackRock and Vanguard in this thing. And they really control all the cards. Um, are they going to get it done by 2030? Are they going to roll out a forced plan? Are we going to see another shoe drop like the COVID, but yet environmentally related, going, hey, you will change. You will change now. Yeah. It, you know, it is so vast, so massive. And the, the, this pandemic thing was so obviously planned and uh you know to to test and see just how far we would go and if we comply to it all the more we comply the the more to the answer to your question is yes and if we, you know i am seeing more people getting it and understanding what we've been so- talking about for 30 years coming at you uh but you know you've got to act you've got to act now to to stand up to it and and not comply but uh you know the the great reset you know, uh, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, he wrote the blueprint for this, and the title of it is COVID-19, The Great Reset. And what's amazing is he says in this book, that this, it's now a best-selling book across the country, he says in it, this is what we've learned from the, plan, from the pandemic. And, uh, you know, if, if we don't do something now, it all has to do with the environment and global warming and all that. And the reason we're having these pandemics is because uh, we have damaged the environment, and we can have these pandemics every single year. They've already said that. And, but what we've learned from it you know, is in this book and how we have to deal with it. What's interesting about it is the, the lockdowns began in March of 2020, and this book was on the uh, 
uh, on the bookshelves by August, five months later. Now, I've written three books, and I know, first of all, you have to come up with the idea, you have to re- research it, then you have to write it, then you have to get uh, it laid out and printed and, and you know, a publisher. And in, on the, you can't do that in five months. This was already planned to come out uh, way ahead of time, and it's the blueprint for what they have in mind for us. And one of the things he says in there, no one will own anything. And it's an attack, free enterprise, private property, individual liberty. All of it is under the, the attack of the Great Reset. So there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we can fight this. But I think it's going to take a great awakening to happen soon. And I think what we're going to have to do, they've got all the money, they hold all the cards. We've got God on our side, though, and we've got the greater number of the people. And what they're fearful of is that we're going to wake up because they know we still have the power. They're fearful that we're going to wake up and call a halt to their con game. All their money in the world won't do any good if Americans stand up boldly, nobly, and independently and say, no, we're not going to go along with this. Um, they're slowly but surely hoping that they can pull the rug out from under us and will be so confused, so dizzy with the, the breadth and the depth and the boldness of their actions uh, that will be caught off guard like we were uh, with regards to the, the coronavirus or whatever else, COVID-19. We have got to make sure that we're not broadsided to the point where we're dazed for months or they'll make their changes and we won't be able to stop them. The key is waking up and waking up now, Tom. Absolutely. Do not comply to these regulations. Stand up and fight and I, what I have witnessed over the years is when people did that, these guys are cowards and they run quickly. If they see an organized opposition that uh, they can't overcome, and this is what we have to do. We have got to stand up and say no more. They told us the lockdown was going to be two weeks, and uh, you know now we're into two years practically, and it's a lie, and people are beginning to get it, and so. But but the, all of this, all of it from the beginning has been based on fear, fear of global warming and climate change. And now COVID, all of it is the same scare tactic. We cannot fall for it. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Tom DeWeese doing a phenomenal job making sure that people know what's going on. Don't panic, but do get involved. Don't melt down, but do understand. You can't make all the difference in the world and solve the problem by yourself, but you and me and one becomes two becomes three becomes many we can make a difference whatever we get involved they run because they don't want case set precedent knowing that we're right and they're wrong and if they have to engage and they lose a massive case that proves them wrong they start to get in trouble quick information is the key americanpolicy.org lovingliberty.net spread the word for sam and tom we declare this nation shall endure god save the republic of the United States of America.